Kia ora, kia ora. How are we all doing? Um, just like to welcome everybody to the second episode of the Climax podcast. Uh, i got a very special guest with me here today, uh, originally hailing from Wainuiamata. Um, <laughs> if you're not um, already familiar with him, you will be very soon. Um, he goes by the name of Joe Damon. Um, would you just like to tell people that might not know anything about you, just a little oh, bit of your background? Oh, first of all, thanks for having me, brother. I appreciate it. Thank no you. Um, so for anybody that doesn't know me, my name is Joe Damon, um, born... Uh, July 8th, Lower Hutt Hospital, I think maybe 7pm, uh, straight out my mum's pussy. And uh, <laughs> No, I'm a, I'm a stand-up comedian, um, a writer, um, developing director, do a bunch of random ass shit, bit of a... And then but most people seem to know me from my Instagram, TikTok, fucking those, those kinds of places. Um, but yeah, no, just a, just a dude from Wellies and... Um, yeah, CB's been a long supporter of me uh, for probably well over a year, far before uh, any sort of blow up on my end. So um, the least I could do is show up here and show some love for the bro. But no, I appreciate you having me, man. Cheers, bro. I really appreciate that. So um, you got your gig tonight at Starters Bar. Um, <laughs> you haven't sold many tickets for that one. You've just come off um, selling <laughs> yeah. out quite a few shows in Wellington. You sold out three shows there, was it? Yeah, three shows um, well, yeah. Hamilton as well. Yeah. Coming up next week, going to Hamilton, Wellington. Just Excuse played Christchurch last night. Yeah. And, yeah. and we're limping into starters. Uh, nah, it's, it's been quite funny. Starters, we've sold about 80 tonight. Yeah. But I keep, yeah, oh, yeah. I keep telling everyone I've sold five tickets just because I find, I find it quite funny. Because, oh, you know, like when I was selling out all yeah. the shows, I was like, it's sold out, it's sold out. And I like just couldn't stop halfing on about it. Yeah. So I thought I like... Humble yourself. Humble myself. Yeah. Keep talking about five tickets, but... She's actually sold um, not too bad. So should, Yeah, I was going to say, because um, you would have had, obviously when you were starting out, um, just in the open mic nights and stuff, you would have had a few gigs where there was about five people or so, was it? Bro, like 100%. I mean, even to this day, I still do open mics that have two or three people at them. I think I did yeah. an open mic last uh, last Thursday, just one in Auckland Central. was, yeah, like five people there. Um and it's just good for it's good for like building your stage presence and you've got to work your material out some way um, which is why when you get in front of a big audience like it's not nerve wracking or anything because it's almost more nerve wracking going up in front of two three people uh, yeah, and they're yeah. not laughing at anything than a big audience it's kind of yeah because once you get one of them laughing they're kind of pretty just, much right yeah. yeah they echo each other so yeah. that, that's one reaction yeah bro absolutely awesome so um as I was just, we were just talking before, um, I said I was doing a bit of research on you. I already kind of knew this um, before listening to one of your podcasts. You've got a bit of background um, in a few different things before yeah. you decide to go all in on the comedy. Yeah, um, So tell, tell me about when you left school, um, what was your original plans for life and career-wise and stuff? What before, like, you know, how you obviously had a realistic idea of what you wanted to do yeah so when I left school I, I, I genuinely thought I was going to go off and be a, a chartered accountant so um accounting was like I was the it was my favorite subject I loved my teacher uh I was one of the top of my year group um so loved accounting I thought I was going to go to uni and do and become a CA and then got to uni did my first year of finance and accounting absolutely hated it realized the only reason I liked the subject was because of my teacher and then um <laughs> She was pretty sick of use, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, bro. That, I, I really thought I was going to go on and become an accountant, and then um, 
it was a lot of soul searching for a few years. I bounced in and out. You only have to go on my LinkedIn to see. Fuck, it's a bit. Of, it's a bit of a mess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a it's a lot of different things. I went in and I went into property development. Um, did that for a little bit. Dipped my toes in uh, mortgage brokering. Did a bunch of random ass stuff, and then sort of figured that. Uh, I think I was trying to force myself into the corporate world, but yeah. I was. Uh, I think just me personally, anybody that knows me personally, I was never ever built for for that world. But I think because I was good at it, I thought that was all I was, you know, going to be able to do. And then um, eventually, yeah, just sort of moved it aside and thought, why don't I just take a dig at something just completely out the gate? Yeah. And then that's where the you know the stand up came in about three odd years ago now, and it's uh, yeah, it's sort of been just kind of where yeah leading all, all the way up to where it is now just kind of yeah I think like um, a lot of young people could probably relate to that they're trying to force themselves into something that they think they should be doing rather than yeah. following what they're actually um, passionate about um, yeah because did you did you ever have that like yourself? yeah so personally like um, I, I hated school really myself I was always pretty good academically but I yeah. just didn't really want to be there and yeah. like so um, for What's, me, what school did you go to? I went to Verdon College, so it's down in Invercargill. Oh, shit. Um, yeah, Catholic school. Shout out Verdon. Uh, Shout out Catholics. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. They know how to party. So, like, yeah, when I was at school, um, I was just like, oh, what's what's the quickest way out of here where I can get into a role that's um, going to be still respectable but not um, mm. require me to study all my life or anything, get in a bit of debt? So I eventually, um, I joined the Navy. I left school to join the Navy. Oh, shit. And I was forcing myself so, like, hard into that just because I hated school. Mm. And then I realised that, like, I didn't actually want to do that either. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, after I was already there. Um, so, yeah, I didn't end up staying there very long, but... What, like, what was it about the Navy that you thought you would enjoy? Was it... Well, it was... Um, growing up in Invercargill, there's not a lot going on. So, basically, when you're growing up, you the they're going to try and push you to go to uni if you want to make something of yourself or, you know, you're just going to end up doing like a labour job or getting an apprenticeship. So, mm. and I didn't want to do either of those things. So, yeah. um, I thought if I could join the Navy, I'd, it'd get me out of Invercargill, get me to Auckland and I'd at least learn a few things. Yeah, and true. It, it would put me on the right path to finding what I actually want to do. Even yeah, if yeah. I, it wasn't for me. So, it did that, helped me out. I uh, learned quite a lot. And, um, yeah, glad I did it. But um, it was just, yeah, it wasn't something I wanted to do as a, you know, every day yeah. sort of thing so it's a huge commitment you really got to be um, dedicated and yeah. just the fact that I um, that I did it and I was doing so well at it and I wasn't passionate about it that's why I was kind of like you know what I actually um, what if I did something I'm passionate about yeah, yeah, yeah. bro yeah, yeah I was I like if I'm that. doing something so if I'm doing well at something I don't even really care about then you know why not throw myself all in there so yeah no I've done a few different things over the past few years <laughs> since then because I kind of just I didn't really have a plan. I just like I just, I just left, and I was just like, yeah. I'll figure it out, and I'm still figuring it out. Um, basically, just want to get into the world of um, business and entrepreneurial stuff. Um, yeah. I'm quite passionate about hip hop, as um, I probably told you, and um, yeah, yeah, sport and a few things. So I want to get into the business side of um, that. Me, bro. But yeah, um, back to you anyway. So, um, <laughs> so how was it going from um, having those? having like a few thousand followers getting one or two people show up to your stand up whatever uh, mm. exaggerating obviously you had a bit more but um, um <laughs> yeah, what's the feeling for... like of um you know selling out all those gigs but it's 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 pretty crazy I think um it, it was weirdly I was explaining this to somebody um they were asking me the same thing and I was kind of like 
you know, I'd planned it for so long and visualized it for so long that when it came, it was an amazing feeling, obviously. And I, I was so, it was still, I was still blown away by the reception. But I think it, w- it definitely wasn't like a feeling of um, like shock or surprise or anything because it's just one of those things that I'd planned. Uh, yeah. You know, the, the, the sort of this whole thing that I'm doing, I, I often give off like quite a lack- lackadaisical vibe and that I'm yeah. just sort of coasting along. But I've, I've always planned uh, everything quite intensely. Yeah, you always um, had the long term vision. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but but when it came, bro, I think the biggest the biggest thing that you feel is at least a, a validation in yourself, yeah. and you you really that that belief in yourself really comes because you're uh, you're really uh, like materializing um, the the things that you've pictured in your head, and when you see it like come to fruition like in real life, it's it just does this weird thing. It, it, it makes you feel like you're you're now capable of of other things that you you know you've only ever imagined and that's kind of the position i'm in now it's like okay so this thing that three years ago to me was nothing but an imagination is now here yeah. uh i've got things now that i'm imagining fuck let's try to get to those next yeah. so um that's kind of the feeling man is yeah it, it's it's definitely you're you're a bit in awe of what's happening but it's also you, you know you always know it's part of the part of the plan that you had so you would have had like um people that would have just not understood where you were trying to go and what you wanted to do, but you always yeah. kind of knew in the back of your head, you just had to show everybody else. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and it's one of those things that um, it, it can be so frustrating because it's so clear in your head and no matter how hard you explain it to people, they just don't get it. And the biggest one, the biggest example for me is probably like with my uh, my parents and like my family. I think a lot of them, um, I, I don't want to say so, like they... They they never they never saw me as a loser per se, but I think they just saw me going on like you know kind of a dead end, yeah. You know, ch- chasing wind a little bit, and um, yeah. and they they were always supportive. Don't get me wrong, like they they were always supportive, but I think they also had that attitude like you know this doesn't really look like it could go anywhere, and um, it was just one of those things where I I literally had to have conversations with with them where I was like I can't explain to you why I know this is going to happen, but it is just yeah. just trust me. So. Um, I think when you get to that point, like you really, uh, yeah, you really do have to have like genuine belief in yourself because if you don't, you know, you're gonna you're gonna submit to the yeah. the people closest to you who who have your best interests in mind, but um, they may not be able to see like what you see. Hundred percent. So, do you remember like the exact moment where you thought like, with the day you were like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna go all in." Bro, honestly, it, it was. I don't want to say, I say sometimes it was day one, but I, I don't think it was day one. So, like, day one, the first day I tried stand-up, um, which was, yeah, like, June 2017, um, a guy came up to me afterwards who's uh, quite a well-known comedian. He's, like, a well-known comedian in, in the UK, and he was like, bro, you could be... He didn't say bro, he's from, like, England yeah, or some yeah. shit. <laughs> mate. Probably said mate, um, or... Uh, Hey, uh, you Moldy. Um, <laughs> no, he was like, uh, man, you've uh, you you could honestly be a superstar if you actually pursue this because he knew it was my first gig because it was yeah. like the rookie nights at um, the Classic, which is the comedy club in Auckland, and um, he he was like, you could be you could be a proper superstar in this, and I don't know if he just says that to everybody, but I took I took that and I I had to think about it and I was like, okay, all right, I'll, I'll try at least get serious about this, and then I signed up to another open mic the next night. And then this quite well-known New Zealand comedian, Brendan Lovegrove, saw me and he said the same thing, but he sat me down for probably like an hour and was like, you need to pursue this. Like, you need to really take this seriously. You've got 
all this talent. Yeah. And I'd never been talked to like that by someone that wasn't like, because you know how like your parents will like pump you up and say like, you're fucking yeah, yeah. amazing. And you know they're all shit like half the time. Yeah, so. just trying to make you feel good. Yeah, yeah, bro. But this dude had no obligation to sit me down specifically be to me like you could be a superstar. And so I think because my confidence wasn't really there at the time, it took somebody else telling me to sort of see it in myself. And then as I sort of built up, built it up and saw what I was capable of that was where my own sort of internal confidence was built but for me it was definitely uh, somebody else seeing it in me first and then me realising it you know through the process um, um, I know not everybody's lucky to have that which is why I say you know luck played a, as much a part in it Yeah. because I think if uh, if a lot of those guys don't say you know this this could be you with, with where I was kind of as a person and my confidence I own you know, I don't really know if I would uh, would have had the guts to pursue it. So what made you go to that open mic night? So I was working in property development and yep. um, fucking hated it. Hated my job. Hated my boss. Bro, this is my boss. So I was um, I was uh, working as an unpaid intern for ages for them. And uh, this one day I, uh, I turn up. I probably shouldn't talk about this openly because uh, you can still see who I worked for, but fuck it. <laughs> Um, it's history so, now. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's fucking history. So I rock up to work. I was unpaid at the time, and um, he uh, he goes, "Hey, uh, Joe, I just got this um, new car," and I was like, "Cool, man." Like anybody that knows me knows, I've never ever shown any interest in cars. Don't give a fuck about cars. I've never even looked at any of his because he yeah. had nice cars, but I've never looked at his and been like, "Man, that's so mean." It was just this random ass day and he just told me, he's like, hey, I've got this new, um, like, Porsche. So it's like not even, you know, it's, yeah. it's like a nice car, but it's not even like a mean ass one. And I was like, cool, bro. And he goes, uh, go go have a look. I was like, oh, it's all good. I'm just telling you. He's like, no, no, go have a look. Here, take the keys. And I was like, well, you want me to, can I take it for a ride? And he's like, no, 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 just go sit in the car. I'm like, <laughs> what am I, fucking five? Like, <laughs> do I look like a fucking little kid to you, bro? I don't oh, give a shit about fuck. the car. But I'm a pussy, so I went and sat in it for five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, bro. But he, he was just a he was just a dick man, and like, you know, those those guys they but they just wanted everyone to tickle his balls, eh? Bro, and they yeah. took exceptional. I don't really know, like, I don't really know what you get out of because I think I was like, I think I was twenty twenty one at the time. Yeah, I don't really know what you get out of you know one upping a twenty twenty one year old with no money. You know, Fucked flashing all, his, all all your money because these guys were like multi millionaires. Yeah, but I mean, I was you know working for free, fucking I'm flattered in this shitty five bedroom flat with ten of my mates. And they yeah. knew you know kind of where I was financially. I mean, you you didn't have to research deep to see it, and they just always made a concerted effort to remind me how much money they had. And so that was uh, that was my th- thing. I I just saw the type of people that became successful in the industry. Yeah. And even though I did have a genuine interest in the industry, I still have a passion for interior design and stuff. But yeah. I saw that and I, I just thought to myself, I don't think I have the personality to be successful, at least right now, you know. Yeah. So that was kind of the point. Well, right especially there. like if, if um, all you're getting out of it is um, kicks from like material possessions and stuff. Yeah. Like, it's kind of... It's so empty, eh? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and man, they, had, they honestly had everything. They, they had everything you could have imagined. They were so, so rich. They had all the material shit, and I, I could just tell they weren't happy, and yeah. I think that was the first time I saw it in my life, like, genuinely. I think, because uh, I went to a private school, I saw a lot of my friends, they had very rich parents, but I always saw them quite happy, so I still had that thing that, okay, m- maybe money does make you happy in a way, but then I saw these guys, 
Miserables and uh, fuck, they had all the money in the world, and I was like, nah, that's I w- that is the last place I want to be. I would much rather be broke, and I would much rather have been in the position where I was, like no money, no career prospect, just chilling, than in the position they were in. Yeah, no, hundred percent though. Um, <coughs> I was gonna say, so sorry, bro. I fucking talk. I talk way too much. Huh? <laughs> well, that's, what, that's what you do. Um, so <laughs> fucking. Coming like how how much on like say Instagram, for example, how much growth have you had in say followers? Not that that's a measurement of success. So I'm just want to know. No, nah, no, nah, it's, it's definitely, bro. It's definitely an interesting thing that even I, yeah, feel pretty uh, crazy about watching because because how how long ago did you follow me? Because so um, uh, early last year I think um, it was so, it was like early as last year. Yeah, right? so I, I heard of you like. I think the first time I heard of you was um, when you did your This Is Auckland skits on YouTube. Crazy, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I, I, wasn't, I didn't really follow you um, just at that point. I think it was when you did the podcast with, it might have been Nate now. Yeah, the middle of, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I got you. That might have been when I actually started um, listening to your podcast. Yeah, because I think you signed up to the Patreon like maybe, yeah, a few months about after that. After probably, I started. yeah, probably about a year ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so if anybody listening... When Claude would have started listening to me, oh, sorry, uh, following me, I would have been on maybe like a thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand, and that was built. That was building up so slowly to the point where, like, at the start of the year, I think I was on on about five, five thousand. So it went up about yeah. four thousand in six months, um, which to me was heaps. And then it doubled. I got to about eight thousand because I started putting out my stand up clips. Yeah. Got to about eight thousand around uh, March, April, I think, and then I had ten thousand just before lockdown, and then I came out of lockdown. And I was on about thirty thousand, and it's about to hit forty now. Um, awesome. So, what do yeah. you think it was like the um, the Jacinda Ardern ones and yeah, lockdown? Bro. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, th- I think I think people think I'm embarrassed to talk about kind of what the you know what the start of it was, but it's yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so open about the fact. Yeah, I know for a fact it would have been the Jacinda, the Jacinda ones, and they're still yeah. go tos. I am. Um, I'm so glad that it's ones that I enjoy doing. But yeah, they're yeah, so yeah. easy to do. I literally just sit there and just plug in my reactions to like little clips that I rip from um, from her lives, and I always those those ones like I, I find funny even yeah. myself to watch. So I enjoy doing them. But yeah, I, I would definitely say it was the Jacinda ones, and then that kind of got everybody else onto everything else I was doing, and so. I, I still do it just under one every now and then, but I, I still do a lot of the content that I was always doing, just kind of talking shit in my car and and yeah. then, you know, a few skits, sketches here and there. So is that like when you were in lockdown, you just spent a lot of time just making skits and stuff? Yeah, bro. I was focusing I was, on your craft. Yeah, I was doing, I was, I was, I, I, uh, I definitely needed the, the break for sure. I was 100 miles an hour before. Yeah. Um, And so it was so good just to sort of sit down and, I saw lockdown as a as a really good opportunity. I I've been bad about sort of playing down what I you know how I how I approached lockdown. But if I'm completely honest, I, I when lockdown was announced, I was like, okay, that's gonna be four weeks that everybody's doing gonna nothing. Gonna be on their phone. I've yeah. got a so I made a challenge for myself to make a video every single day, and yeah. so uh, and so yeah, just made a video every single day of lockdown. Um, and uh, that was kind of the plan. And uh, my goal was to actually come out of lockdown with, I think, 15,000. 15, because I went in with about 10 and I was going to be happy with another 
5,000 after four weeks because it had taken me six months to get to 5,000 before that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was kind of the plan, bro. And then it just started it just started blowing up. And whilst I think the, the videos are great, I think obviously the fact everybody was at home, it just couldn't have been better timing. And um, I think it could have been, yeah. yeah, it couldn't have been better timing for me career-wise. I think I was ready to sort of take that next step. That's just always how it works out, <clears> eh? <throat> Everything comes at like a, the right Bro, divine perfect timing it's so it's so weird you hear people talk about it all the time this kind of um that's that's such a good word divine this sort of um you know like the people talk about the universe a lot yeah and i i never really paid too much attention to it but it's really the only thing i could explain you know what's really happened to me the last six months to even a year there's so many things that just lined up perfectly yeah. and whilst i obviously put in the work and and uh you, you know had my goals and stuff there's so many parts of it mm. that I was so lucky to have put it out at the right time and uh, it just yeah just sort of capitalised off it so yeah um, definitely yeah. like it's all that um, the law of attraction eh because um, like you see a lot of people <coughs> in life like I know myself um, I've met a lot of really talented people and like you know all sorts of things you know um, people that I thought could go really far in their fields um mm. And like you know, like you were saying before, somebody will come up to you and say something that's gonna you're gonna like the comedian, the English guy, you mm. know, saying you should pursue this. Yeah. Um, like you can see it in a lot of people if they've got the spark to go the whole way, but um, it's, yeah. you still got to put that work in yourself to actually yeah. make it happen. Like because otherwise, right now you could just still be doing fuck all. Right. <laughs> Absolutely, and I think that that really changed me. Look what I saw uh, you know what I view as talent and so I think a lot of us we and me in particular I always saw talent as somebody who was you know talented naturally talented from the get go but I realised uh, I think true talent is somebody that has a passion because like passion is is unbeatable somebody that loves what they're doing or what they're trying to do is going to beat somebody that's talented and working hard maybe not immediately but they'll eventually get there because they'll just keep going keep yep. going keep going and so I think for me um, when I uh, I've got two younger brothers and so the biggest thing I've been encouraging to them is just find the passion boys don't worry about um, you know don't worry about having to implement you know all these sort of big routines into your daily routine and shit don't worry mm. about all the shit that you know books and stuff will tell you just literally find your passion that will take you to where you want to go because you'll just want to do every single thing that you can to keep it to keep it with you so I think for, for me yeah I, I always if I see somebody with a passion in what they're doing I think that for me is the the sign that you know they'll go they'll go far because yeah it's not until you, you see it in yourself that you see how few and far between it is yeah yeah so I think like I see you going a lot further than what, than what you are now um, I think you're kind of only really just getting started and you probably would that, I know that's what you'd think as well so um, appreciate it bro no worries. Um, so a lot of people, though, they'd probably say, oh, you know, you got 30,000 followers on Instagram, you know, you've sold out all these gigs, I think you've made it or whatever. Um, just, I guess you've you've not made it, but you've come a long way. And like, in a lot of people's eyes, you would be considered um, famous, especially in such a small place like New Zealand. <laughs> yeah. um, so I was just wondering, like, are people treating you like any differently? You got any like girls that's like, you know, brushed you off? And, you know, like, <laughs> oh, bro. They want your number. Oh man, this I've I've actually been talking to a few people about this. That, that, that's definitely the change. I think the the thing that I've found uh, the funniest is um, I was saying this to someone yesterday. I can't remember if it was on an interview or something. 
as the the funniest thing is not the people that are kind of hopping on board now they're you know most the majority of them are, are lovely and they're just there to support and yeah um you know i never feel any obligation for anybody to know what i'm up to so no matter how late you come on i appreciate the support nonetheless but i think the biggest one is people that i've known in the past that you know, change suddenly they're my best mate, and yeah, yeah. you know the suddenly they've been keen on me my my whole life, and I was like, "Fuck!" Yeah, right. we go way back. You should have yeah. told should have told me two years ago, Trina. I was um, yeah. <laughs> and I was sitting at home on the weekends, um, pulling my own pants down. But was, uh, <laughs> but yeah, bro, it's uh, I think the fun the funniest thing definitely is the is the change and uh, and the people that that they sort of have known you mm. far before any of this stuff happened and. Um, again, I, I don't really have any. I, I never ever feel any um, like anybody ever has an obligation to support me. But I think it's people who kind of went out of their way to have no interest in what I'm doing before, and then now, yeah. You know, so like, um, have a lot of interest now. I'm quite humbled that you'd come on um, the podcast. Like considering the other day you were on on my FM doing the my <laughs> home run. Um, so like, course, obviously you got a lot of other cool things like that that um, you're being invited to like people saying you want to come do this you want to come do that yeah. um, what are some of the perks that's coming with your, your rise to success but honestly the bi- the biggest thing for me man is um, <clears throat> just uh, is doing stuff like this I my from day one I wanted to make a concerted effort um, for the people that showed me you know support early because like with you bro exactly going off of what I was just talking about <clears throat> you showed uh, you showed more support uh for me than some people that I've known my whole life so I think that's why you know turning up to this was a no-brainer I think um that's why you know anything you do I'll I'll always you know do what I can in Mm. return because man the people that supported me early days are the ones that kind of kept me going in times where I was like man I I don't really know if this is for me or anything so um I think that's honestly been the coolest thing is to be in a position where I can um where I can kind of choose you know what I can, what what I want and don't want to do. Yeah, I think when you're starting out, you kind of feel like you have to do everything because you you're really trying to get yourself out there. But I think it's quite cool now. I can, you, you know, I can really sort of choose what I want to do. Like my FM, bro, that wasn't planned at all. I, I literally just uh, rocked up because I'm mate, I'm mates with uh, pretty much everybody at the station. Yeah, and uh, we went and played basketball, and then I was just hanging around and. Uh, Brooke, who who runs the home run show, shout out, uh, Brooke. shout out, Brooke. He he was just like, bro, you want to hop on? And I was like, yeah, what ifs? And so I literally just hung out at the station, yeah, and yeah. was just sort of going in and out. And um, oh, they they wanted me to do way more, but I was just fucking around like in the office and stuff, and going to meetings that I'm not even supposed to be in. There. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just they they just let me piss around and stuff. So um, I've got huge love for the MyFM guys, but it's really cool to sort of be in a position where yeah, people um people just love sort of love your input and kind of love having you around and my family they're, <clears throat> they're ones as well that have supported me for a very long time probably well over a year so um, I feel the same sort of thing to them as I as I do to you just wanted to repay in any way yeah but awesome so do you get like um, any like oh, say like influencers you know how they have like those hello fresh like people hitting <laughs> yeah, them up to say yeah. oh you want to take a picture of this and post it on your Instagram Shit, anything yeah, like bro. that yeah yeah, you get it. You get a lot of that stuff, and honestly, it's it is really hard to say no to because it's really good money yep. for doing absolutely fuck all, bro. Like, yeah, the <laughs> ones where you see them just holding a bottle and they're just like, doing a shitty ass smile. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They yeah. straight up some of them getting six, seven grand for oh. just holding this bottle, bro, and it's so 
especially for me at the point I'm in now, I definitely don't have, you know, money to just waste away. Um, it's tempting, eh? It, it's so tempting to just say yes, but I think for me especially, it's so it's it's so interesting considering, you know, I, I just fucking talk about absolute rubbish. But yeah. It's so tempting how... Um, how uh, you know sensitive kind of I, I don't really know any other better word but sensitive my brand is because I think yes, the, the yeah. second I sort of start doing that shit it just uh, it really does sort of take away from it's not you yeah yeah, yeah it really does yeah, and that, it's and, not true to who you are and at the end of the day absolutely bro yeah, it's and that's just like you know you didn't me. get to where you are from um, you know holding being... up fucking my food bag and shit yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah bro yeah. so and my, my thing is why well, I never wanted to commercialise my social media presence like yeah. where I wanted to you know where I was going to make money was through tickets and through making movies and TV so yeah that's the thing eh? like the money will always come if yeah you, if you believe in yourself yeah for, you know. for sure I think saying no to the social media side of things is hard because it is so easy but yeah I mean I, I never took this route because I wanted it to be easy yeah uh, yeah it was always to to just do what I wanted to do yeah where do you see yourself a year from now well I think a year from now um what month are we in June I would have just finished up uh, probably one of the biggest I, w- I would have just finished up on probably one of the biggest tours for a um, New Zealand stand up comedian under the age of 30 um, 26 now aren't you 24 24 yeah, wow. yeah so I'll be yeah so this time next year I'll be 25 um, and uh, yeah the numbers I'm looking at doing looking at doing 1500 to 2000 seaters no one under the age of 30 has ever done that in New Zealand so um, uh, yeah I would have done that by this time next year and uh, and ho- hopefully it's it's such a it's an industry that I'm still trying to obviously get into but um, hopefully I, I would have already started development on my uh, I would have gotten a short film out of the way um, written and directed I've, I've written it and it's currently sort of in development and then uh, hopefully would have started making roads towards my first um, feature film whether that's writing or directing or being in uh, so something along yeah that, that's pretty much where I see myself in, in the next year bros too much as well um, yeah I was just wondering as well you've you've worked um, have you actually been on TV I've seen you did like the interview part um, was it on Maldi TV yeah yeah, yeah. yeah is that your first time on TV no I've done I've done random things here and there I've done I've heard of random little acting roles and stuff but I think that's by far the most significant yeah. in regards to you know getting interviewed because you did a bit of writing on John Ombino yeah yeah, yeah. did a bit of writing on um, JMB uh, I never I don't think I ever made screen apart from a couple of the commercials um, <laughs> I never made screen of John Ombino um, the their uh, their quotas already full but um <laughs> but yeah I, I think just just heaps of random stuff bro but yeah the multi tv interview that i did recently was the that's the most sort of significant one that i've done and um yeah that was that that was awesome man it was, it was very very flattering to uh you know sort of get a film crew want to just follow me around and learn about me so yeah yeah um i was just wondering as well do you like because it's like the influencer like the comedy thing like a few years ago um it was kind of just like a more um overseas thing i mean you had like jimmy jackson and a couple of those guys but now it's quite he was definitely he definitely felt like it was by himself eh? yeah Yeah. now now it's quite like you see everybody doing it is there a few like um who do you reckon is killing it right now in that um in new zealand 
people that people probably won't know um, to LP so yeah he's TL underscore P he's quite big on TikTok he's yeah. just this moldy dude that tells his stories in his car have you seen him? no nah, nah. yeah so he just tells stories in his car he sits in his car bro all of his videos are him in his car and just tells these fucking hilarious ass stories and um, we've talked he wants to get into stand up bro he'd be amazing at stand up um, so he's someone He's he's. I feel like he's he's actually re- like he. Uh, not I feel like he is actually pretty big, but I feel like he's could be he's going to be a lot bigger. So he's somebody that maybe not everybody has heard of. I mean, even no, I, I put myself in the same thing. Everybody's <laughs> yeah fucking heard of me. But um, other people that I think are really good. Um, a lot. Yeah, a lot of the guys that I feel bad. A lot of the guys that I follow are, are actually one person I think is amazing is. Uh, her username is uh, King Uluvale, and um, for anybody listening, it's King underscore U L U V A L E, and she does like skits. But she mainly the reason I found out about her is because she does these gigs in her backyard, like stand up yeah, gigs. Yeah. She does proper stand up, and uh, I think before lockdown, she had like two hundred people around to her house. Really, just did this gig, and the funniest one was she did this tour. Um, I think maybe level one, level no, nah, level two maybe. It was it was when capacity. It was when uh, groups you weren't allowed more than ten people. Yeah, level whenever two. that. Yeah, whenever the fuck that was. Um, and so she did a, a backyard tour, and you were only allowed ten people at each yeah. at each stop. And so she did a tour of that of South Auckland. And so she did like it's uh, going around different man, backyards. Yeah, different backyards in South <laughs> Auckland, bro. It was like the whole the concept itself is hilarious, and then she's hilarious. So. I think she's somebody who I think is going to be a, like a, a proper star, but I think where the only reason I it wouldn't happen for her is just because the um, the industry and stuff would find it hard to put her in a box and understand her, but that was what I found out. That, that was what I felt like my problem was, and so yeah. all it took for me was just to kind of, you know. Yeah, that's a big problem here. Um, yeah, just being in a such small country, you've only got, a certain amount of reach yeah um so any plans like going international for you yeah bro so i, I just signed uh quite a big um touring deal and they want to um build me in australia because aussie actually has massive as reach like the some of the comedians in aussie are, you know they're world they're, they're world famous even if they probably aren't exactly big names here um guys like i don't know Hughesy, dave hughes um even Cal Wilson, who she's from New Zealand, but she has a Netflix special, so she's yep. based in Australia. So the potential in Australia is huge. It's a country of twenty million people, and they they have uh, direct alignment with the UK in regards to the entertainment scene. I mean, you only have to look at Hollywood to see how many Aussies are, you know, acting in Hollywood movies. Yes, um, yeah. So Aussie, to be honest, is a lot of Kiwis tend to look to America and the UK as to how to make yep. it, but I've always looked at Aussie. It's right next to us, three hours away. Um, you could build yourself up there and still live in New Zealand. So that's, I think that's always been my um, my goal was to sort of do that. Ursula Carlson, she lives yep. in New Zealand, but she works in Aussie most weeks. So oh, really? I would, uh, yep. I would love to do the same. Yeah. Um, tell us a fun fact about yourself that um, a lot of people won't know. Fun fact about myself that most people won't know. Um, I'm actually scucks as fuck. So, uh, pull every weekend. 
Yeah. Only thing I don't pull is a push tool. <laughs> and I pull that too. Uh, took her home last night and uh, absolutely pushed her in. But um, <laughs> sorry, bro. No, no, you're <laughs> Claude's just sitting here wait, just waiting for me to just uh, finish my little moment and uh, get on with the question. Um, a fun fact about myself. Most people don't actually know that I grew up in Malaysia. So grew up in Asia. Um, lived in Malaysia for about three years three or four years in India for two uh, so yeah most people don't really know that I think that kind of um, it's, it's one of those things that whenever I tell people they always, yeah. they always say okay that explains it because I think they feel like there's a gap in my personality that isn't explained by yeah, yeah. <laughs> by other parts of my life and then when I tell them that they they go oh so that's where, yeah. So it gives you a bit more open-mindedness. Like, yeah. you look at things a bit different. Um, so how... What, For sure, yeah. What years of your um, life were you there? Like, age? 2000... 2001 to 2000... Maybe 2000 to 2006? Yeah, so how old were you then? I think we moved out when I was about four or five. Yeah. Came back when I was about ten. Interesting. Um, so those are quite um, take. impressionable years um, yeah, big for time. a young kid. Big, big time, big time. And and they, they still have a huge effect on me um, in regards to how I see the world, especially in regards to how I see New Zealand. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think I, I can honestly say a lot of my uh, perspectives come from my years over there. <clears throat> Just because my, India is the most gnarly place in the world. People think yeah. of... When people think of Nali, they think of, you know, Rio de Janeiro because of the favelas and shit, or Syria, um, like Syria place. Bro, India is so loose. Yeah. Uh, fuck, you'll see little kids with, like, two arms. The Slumdog, have you seen Slumdog Million? Yeah, yeah. How they, you know, they will cut, they'll burn kids' eyes out and shit. Oh, you yeah. see it, you see it firsthand, bro, and it's, it's honestly so real. People begging and, there's slums the size of, there, there, there'll be slums the size of central Dunedin with yep. a million people in it. Wow. Yeah. That's um, crazy, yeah. And, and it's just, it's a gnarly ass place and it's something you, you can never forget and I can still see it so clearly. You, yeah, you never forget that and it puts just about every single thing into perspective. Um, I, I suggest, yeah, anybody that in, anybody that wants to travel but actually wants to experience what the, what the world is like and what humans are capable of, go to India because, yeah, that's fucking crazy. It's funny you say that actually because I've, I've got a few <coughs> Indian friends and um, people that have, non-Indian that have been there and have yeah. told me the, how much it's like changed the way they look at things. And, yeah. Um, I was actually just talking to it, saying it's my mum the other day, like it's, um, that I'd, I'd like to go to some place like that just to um, kind of yeah open my perspective um, it's, somewhat. It, it's crazy, bro. And it, like one of the things that I, um, I often talk to people about when they ask me about India is... Um, the whole thing with uh so you know how creepy indian dudes is like a stereotype yeah, yeah. so that that comes from that comes from i mean in india women are viewed as second class citizens even to the point where we had a we had a driver um when we lived there and he just refused to ever acknowledge my mum because that's how they view women um <clears throat> but even more so they have the caste system where you're literally you're uh from from how you're born what part of society you're born into you can't you cannot cross over into the next part just purely based of like what you were born into yeah irregardless of uh um of you know maybe other opportunities that may come to you it's it's this this actual clear systematic um divide between these different classes in india and so um 
uh, it's cra- it's crazy as to see, and you can kind of see how religion plays into it, how um, you know economics plays into it, and so from seeing that, that really built a lot of the perspectives that I have on religion and economics and class in New Zealand. Mm. So, um, uh, I mean, this is probably the worst time to ever talk about this, but you know, in the current climate, but. Um, I think New Zealand has just as much, if not more, of a class issue than it does a race issue. Yeah, um, I totally agree, actually. Yeah, the, the wealth gap in New Zealand is fucking insane. People don't realise that it, it'd probably be one of the worst in the, the developed world yeah. in regards to what the, the richest earn and the, the poorest have. Yeah. Um, bro, we've got, we've got like, towns or you know cities in New Zealand that have... Uh, third world diseases in them like respiratory like um fuck what's that disease that heaps of kids in Kaitai get it's a third world disease um and you think of, you think of that and then you think to I don't know a central Ponsonby or something real flash in Auckland that yeah. is the divide in New Zealand and um it, it ju- it, you know it, re- it really is perpetuated because um obviously a lot of the most um uh, obviously the, the the most sort of under undermined happen to be Māori and Pacific Islander. Yeah. But um, I think, yeah, my, my sort of view of class came from growing up in India and I saw how that was reflected in our society mm-hmm. as well. And it's um, it's it's crazy to see. I mean, obviously I talk about racism a lot and I've experienced yeah. it firsthand, but I also think that they're just as much as uh, that economics and religion plays into it just as much. And we tend to miss how much of, of an effect that has because we just get ca- caught up on the racism part of it, yeah. Um, and so that that's uh, that that's kind of how my experiences over there really uh, changed my worldview on even just New Zealand, let alone um, kind of what happens around the world. Yeah, it's definitely like in this country, if you don't um, have like generational wealth behind you, it's it's very hard to get a start. Like, it's bro, very, it's, it's very, almost um, fucking impossible. Yeah, it's like really expensive to live here, and like. But it's like just as expensive. You can't just leave. You know, you can't go anywhere else because we're just surrounded by a body of hundred percent ocean. You know, the craziest thing is people. And I saw a tweet about it today. And I've always said it because obviously growing up overseas, you kind of see. And I got, I've been so lucky to travel around and stuff. Um, but our housing is actually so fucked up, considering we're but, supposed to be uh, a first world country. Like, yeah. I mean, Dunners is the perfect example. Where the, <laughs> the housing here is so fucked up, considering we're supposed to be a developed country. Yeah. Um, I think it's that that uh, it's it's almost generational at this point. The this sort of a mass acceptance um, of you know these behaviors and stuff that sort of keep us in in poverty. And I mean, mm. it's it's so prominent in the Pacific Island community in particular, bro. Um, I know. Fuck, that's an even longer conversation that I probably yeah, just started. Yeah. That someone will probably get mad that I've uh, just glazed over. But yeah, um, New, New Zealand is yeah by far not a not a perfect place, and it's um, there's a there's a lot we need to do to sort the shit out here. It's, yeah, yeah, that's the thing because it, <coughs> it could be such a really awesome place if like there's just a small um, a few small systemic changes. Yeah, but like you know, how do you? How do you go about that, of course? Yeah, and I think that's why I really back, you know, a lot of the um, rhetoric and stuff that's going on now. I think there's a lot of parts of it that I agree and don't agree with, but um, I'm all for change in any part. I think... um, It's got to start somewhere, eh? Yeah, bro, absolutely. It's got to start somewhere. And no part, no, you know, no sort of, um, no voice for change is going to possess something that you agree with entirely. It's... And there's always going to be parts that you are on board with and not on board with. But I think we should all come together if we're unhappy with how it is and just sort of work off that. 
But I think what happens is people see somebody trying to change something and they're not fully on board with the message because of one certain part and they just decide, oh, no, nah, it's better the way it is now. But I, th- I think it's good, the co- a lot of the conversations that are being started. and Yeah. Fuck, I'm more than happy to be a part of it, but I mean, I'm just a dude that talks about eating ass and having a big dick, so Definitely. I don't really know how much I can do. Um, we'll wrap it up shortly. I just want to talk about um, mental health and what's your thoughts on tall poppy syndrome here? Bro, fuck it. Oh, fuck tall poppy. It's, uh, it's something, it's again, bro, I, uh, I think tall poppy syndrome is the number one worst thing um, to happen and, uh, you know, is, is the worst thing in New Zealand. I think uh, yep. all of our mental health struggles come from tall poppy syndrome and it's such like a bold statement and people probably think like no you're a fucking idiot but um i I think this the this massive sort of social construct of um dismissing any good part of yourself um and then emphasizing the negative part of yourself to come across as um you know humble on everybody's level this whole thing that we've sort of agreed to bring each other down to you know the lowest level possible is why so many of us struggle with mental health and um, I talk about it quite often that uh, you know you can think about it on a micro level think about it on a personal level if you go your whole life dismissing every single good thing about yourself so somebody could come to me and be like Jody, bro you were so funny yesterday and because of because of how I've been taught to stay humble, I'm like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, I wasn't that funny yeah, and know. then in my head I'm also going to be like yeah, I wasn't that funny because I did this, did this what could have been an opportunity for me to be happy about something I've achieved has then turned into me critiquing myself on something that actually was a success for myself. So then now imagine if that happens on a success, now imagine a failure. I have nothing to write up, you know, to build myself off of because every other success I've also shot myself down on. And bro, that's a social construct that is bled through our entire workings as a country. And because we do it to ourselves, we do it to others. We all do it to each other. I don't see tall poppy as this malicious thing that we all actively try to keep each other down. But because we have a nationwide lack of self-esteem, when we see somebody who's so sure of themselves and who's succeeding and wanting to succeed, we feel like we have to bring them down because we ourselves feel like that's a bad thing. Yeah. And, um, and bro, I think that's where all our mental health struggles come from. I think that's um, where... I think that's where our, our inability to, um, you know, to speak to each other and support one another it comes from. I think it all comes from that. And it's something that's always blown off as, you know, oh, that's just tall poppy syndrome. It's just, you know, mates making fun of mates. But, yeah, it's a, I think it is a true detriment to our society. And, um, and, and yeah, I, I'm very open about sort of my, uh, my ways of wanting to combat it by just being arrogant as possible. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I get that. Um, Sorry bro Fuck I talk too much Nah I love it <laughs> um, For any like Young people that's listening Like do you have any advice On like um, How to combat that Yeah uh, the, the biggest thing That's been working for me Is uh, really revel In success In any sort of success Big or small um, I was never someone To celebrate anything That I did Yeah And uh, and so that, That's something I still I still am not very good at But I try and make A concerted effort Is to take um, it's very easy to take a big win, but I think the crazy thing in New Zealand is big wins we play down even more. So take small mm. ones as well. I think uh, I think that's that's the biggest thing is if it's if it's any part of if it's any part of something that makes you feel good about yourself, you need to like really hold on to it and celebrate it because um, the second that you're feeling bad about yourself, the second you're struggling, 
uh, it may be that one little thing that you uh, really reveled in that you can then look back at and be like, nah, it was good, it was sweet. So um, celebrate small victories, anybody listening. It's it's so important to celebrate yourself and, and uh, be proud of what you've achieved because um, at the time it may not seem like something, but if you put it into perspective and where you've come from, it, it is always there's always growth. It's always something amazing, and uh, that's always something you should be proud of. So that's the only advice I give, bro. Cheers. Um, really appreciate you for um, doing this for me, bro. Coming on the podcast, you're my first um, guest that I've had. Um, so um, you're playing tonight. Uh, we're in Dunedin. You're playing at Starters Bar. Yeah. Um, you've got an upcoming gig on Thursday in Hamilton, is it? At yeah. Meteor Theatre? Thursday 25th. Is that just the one gig in Hamilton? So two gigs in Hamilton um, yeah. at, the, at the Meteor. And then, uh, and then yeah, next Sunday, uh, the 28th. Fuck. Voice is breaking. <laughs> My voice is all out. Eh? I did three gigs yesterday, bro, and I was fucked. <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, uh, the Sunday 28th, doing three gigs in Welly, so... Did you have one in Wainui? <coughs> yeah, right. One on the Monday. One in uh, Wainui. That's a, a fundraiser uh, for the club. So, so um, I'm glad to get behind the rugby club. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, any tickets left to any of these gigs? Nah, all of them <laughs> sold. All of them sold out. The Dunners one is the only one that's not sold out. Oh, right. um, so, uh, but I think I think I'm going to get a lot of rock ups tonight. It's sold about eighty tickets. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, yeah, I'd say, you know, it's the Dunedin and a few people that got nothing to do, they'll just show up. Yeah, I, I always thought that was going to be the case. So I was never, um, I was actually never too worried about it um, not being a good turnout. Yeah, I was just about to go tell people to buy tickets, but, you know, there's none to buy. So, um, <laughs> I mean, at least you're in Dunedin tonight, but you probably won't hear this anyway um, by the time this podcast comes out. Yeah, by the time it comes out, it was a uh, sold out crowd over capacity. Um, yeah. Fuck, it turned into an orgy. I killed it. And then, um, yeah, just. We're begging out everyone's asses. It was a great night. It was a good time. Yeah. All right. Um, Well, thanks for joining the podcast, bro. We'll leave it at that. Appreciate it, my brother. Thank you for having me, bro. Uh, All the best for the gig tonight.